One is cash, lowest risk. Three is the opposite. It's highest risk, highest, hopefully expected return. Now know this. Welcome to the first podcast, I guess. I'm joined here with uh, my co-host, lifelong friend and business partner, Cole Conklin. Cole? Hello. Hello, everybody. Cole, if we're going to do this, you you can't sound just like robotic. You have to kind of like let loose and just kind of open up to people. Cool. I think that's a little bit too much. <laughs> we should use that. <laughs> wow, that got started really. You can edit this though. You, you make, make I don't know edits. if I want to edit that. I think I'd just leave that in. Okay, well, what are we gonna talk about today? So this first episode is called The Three Buckets. So when you walk into a bookstore, you're gonna see whole sections of diet books and there's going to be a thousand different books in a thousand different ways. There's the low carb way, the low fat, high fat, high carb, low carb. And we all know how to lose weight, right? I mean, losing weight is a scientific fact, you know, calories in calories out, you know, you burn more calories than you consume, you're going to lose weight, but there's a thousand different books because there's an industry about how to lose weight. And we know, and not only that, not only that, there's a thousand different books on how to lose weight. Yet we're all fatter now than when there was less books about how to lose weight. Right, because we we know what to do, but our behavior gets in the way. Right? I mean, um, we all know how to lose weight. You eat healthy and you exercise, and you'll lose weight. Um, And a similar thing that I found with finance and investing and uh, planning is there's no secret sauce. I mean, we know the correct way to plan and we know the correct way to invest and because of academic research and data and it's, it's the idea is very easy. I mean, the simple and easy and uh, to explain and we'll get into it, but the behavior and actually sticking to it is what's hard. And so, okay, well let's dive in then let's start with these. Let's start with this whole concept of the three buckets, which is the title of this episode. Um, to set things up, I want to preface that I think most people look at money as one big pile of cash. And behaviorally, I think that's where we get into trouble. Because when we start investing in it, especially when you invest in, in something that you can see the price move every day, you react differently to it. And so if you look at all your money as one big pile, and then you see a big chunk of it that's invested, say, in the stock market or the bond market, and you see it go up and down every day, your reaction becomes very emotional, not only on the days it goes down, but also on the days that it goes up, which is most of the time. So as you accumulate wealth, you start getting overconfident, you start behaving in different ways, maybe buying more things than you should have bought, because you have this illusion that you're making a lot of money, and then when you're losing the money, you also panic more. You maybe make decisions that are not you know, in your best judgment and the news cycle, especially today's 24 news cycle, um, is always going to be, you know, fear mongering something, right? There's always going to be something like this year. It's the elections coming up that everyone's worried about, right? Next earlier this year, coronavirus, coronavirus is still on people's minds. Next year, it'll be something else. Every single year though, there is something to worry about. So I think that 
not bucketing your money out and then looking at it all as one big pile leads to a lot of behavioral mistakes. And so what we've come up with and what we tell our clients, I think, makes has helped them significantly by splitting their money up into three buckets. It's very simple. The first bucket you need to have is food and groceries, right? Or emergency cash, meaning how much money do you need for a 12-month period if tomorrow your income completely stops, right? Right. And so is that, that's a function of, you know, your, your job, what industry you're in, correct? I mean, you know, is if I'm a uh, government employee, do you think that that bucket looks different than if, I, if I'm a uh, small business owner? But I mean, that number, the bucket one number, right, is different for everybody. That that's the I think the key thing here is we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna make you we're gonna make you the audience see how splitting your money up into three buckets is the way to go how you split it up and what proportions you split it up into those three buckets is going to be completely different for every single person because it's, it depends on a lot of factors. And so number one, we're going to talk about bucket one, it depends on how much money you're making and how much money do you need for a 12 month period in case your income completely stops. Right. What are your expenses? So let's use an example. Let's use an example of someone that says that has let's use a, let's just use a nice round number of a million dollars. Let's just say you have a million dollars. Okay. Okay. So let's say that you are making $150,000 a year. Right. So, I mean, I, if I was that individual, I would probably want $150,000 emergency cash. So you, okay. So out of the million, you're going to put 150 emergency cash. I would, that, that's a year's <laughs> expenses, right? Let's say that also now you've got $300,000 in your home. It's a down payment. Okay. Okay. So that's, that's in your house. Now you're at, we're at a four fifty. that's gone. Correct. So now you're left with how much? I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> five fifty. <laughs> okay. So we have $550,000 left. Now we have to put the money into these three buckets. So we've defined that we're going to put $150,000 in the first bucket and that's going to be invested in treasury bills or cash or money market. Or- so yeah, let's talk, let's talk about that. I mean, let's talk about bucket one. We've already decided 150 cash reserves. I lose, you know, lose my job. I want a year worth of expenses. <clears throat> what are we investing in, in bucket one? Look, I mean, bucket one, you're going to have to put the money into something that doesn't move and it's super safe and um, there's no risk of inflation because the idea is to have that at a, available to you for any 12 month period. So for example, the next, if you have $150,000 in bucket one and a year passes and you still have $150,000 in bucket one, you're fine. Everything else goes into the other two buckets that we'll talk about in a minute. If you use some of that money, within that 12 month period because your daughter got married or you have a very luxurious um, vacation or something happened. We got to replenish that $150,000. Luxurious. Luxurious. Did I say that wrong? <laughs> Sorry. So that's, just, this but let's is go back to your, with, with saying your daughter's marriage that reminded me. So bucket one is not just emergency funds, right? Bucket one is also, funds that you know you'll you'll need within let's say a year or two right 
because let's say I'm going to go buy a boat and I know I'm going to buy the boat in a year within the year. And the boat is a hundred thousand dollars. That needs to be in bucket one, right? Yeah. So, so it's not I'm, only an emergency, it's large expenses that you foresee. Large expenses out. that you're going to basically you're going to, you know, you're going to need that money in a year. You can't risk it in the stock market or the commodity market or the real estate market. You need that money in cash, right? But what, so if if I, but what if I'm one of those people that says, no, but I can't stand having money in cash because it's not doing anything for me. Even if it is for a six or 12 month period, it should be invested in something then, right? Well, that's fine. We, a year from now, you could be right and you'd be better off, but it's also a risk. If you do that and you don't put that hundred K aside for your boat, are you willing to maybe not buy that boat? I mean, that's a risk that needs to be discussed and explored. Now, if it's a hundred K for your daughter's wedding, well, maybe you're not going to want to take that risk because you're going to tell little Sally, uh, there's no wedding this year. Yeah. That's not good. So, um, that's not good. Sally was looking forward to that wedding. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a risk, right? No, nobody ever likes to plan. Nobody ever li- likes to think of the worst that could happen. And, and a good example is this is we did this exercise with a real client uh, this past year. The client's a doctor. And we went through the exercise of, well, you're, you're a doctor. You're, you have steady income, good income. And what's the likelihood that that income stream is going to stop or get smaller? And the doctor felt that it was pretty low. Doctor incomes are traditionally pretty predictable and steady, no matter what kind of environment we're in, right? Because people need to go to the doctor, whether there's a recession or not. And I tended to agree. I, you know, I, I thought, well, yeah, that makes sense. I, I do think your uh, income is pretty predictable and steady. And guess what happens? The coronavirus comes and elective procedures stop. I mean, completely stop for months. And guess what? That doctor's income stream stopped with it because it was based on elective procedures. So my point is, is that people don't like to think of the worst that could happen. But we as uh, fiduciaries and advisors to our clients have to be kind of the pessimist in the room and say, you need to think about the worst case scenario and, you know, hope for the best, plan for the worst. Well, that's the whole point, right? You want to plan for the worst. And if you look back at it later in life and say, Oh, could that money have been doing, doing something for me instead of just sitting there in cash? Sure. But you know, you always want to have that safety net. So to sum up bucket one, you need to put enough money in there that will at, at the very least cover six to 12 months of expenses. 12 months is preferred. If you don't have enough to cover the 12 months, then do six months. But that's the, that's the number one thing, right? A lot of people during coronavirus right now in 2020 are suffering because they didn't have a safety net. So the moment that they lost any sort of income, they're struggling. And I think it's super important to have that bucket one well-established and don't invest it in anything that has risk. No stock market investments, no bond investments, no real estate investments. Leave that money there for you as a cushion in an emergency. So... Now that we've got bucket one taken care of, the $300,000 of a down payment of the home, I'm gonna classify that as bucket two. You're gonna take $300,000 and you're gonna put it as a down payment and that's gonna be your house, okay? Uh, you might be living in a $800,000 house or a million dollar house and only have 30% of the, of the down payment in there and that's fine. But 
that $300,000 is considered a safe investment in your, you know, what, and one of the, probably the most important investment of all is the place you live in, right? You have a, you have a roof over your head. So you're going to have that $300,000 designated as bucket two. So now you're left with the 550, right? Cole? By my math. Okay. You're just making sure that I keep you quick on your feet there. So now we have $550,000 left. What do we do with the, with the 550? Yeah. So at this point, it's a question of two versus three. And I always explain to people, I start next with three because two to me is easier to explain if we go to three first. So if you think of one is cash, lowest risk, three is the opposite. It's highest risk, highest, hopefully expected return. So three, I would, uh, uh, the easy stuff to classify there is retirement accounts. So let's say our Joe Blow guy is 35. Joe Blow. Um, I don't like that name. Joe Blow. Um, let's say he's 35. Uh, he, you know, he's got 25, 30 years till retirement. Let's say 30 years for retirement. Well, his retirement accounts is 401k, IRAs, anything like that should be bucket three money because, you, you know, you, you can't touch it without a penalty and that money should so, never any, be so anything that anything that someone's contributing to that is in the form of a tax deferred retirement vehicle like a 401k or like an IRA um, should be considered bucket three correct right I mean bucket three is your whatever stage in life you are whether you're saving for retirement or getting closer to retirement, Bucket three is always going to be your high risk uh, bucket. So, and we can define what's high risk is going to be different for each individual, right? I mean, you, you know, I've got clients that don't want a lot of risk for whatever reason in their retirement accounts, the way their finances are set up, they're taking a lot of risk in other areas of their life and they're young. And this client does not want to take much risk in her retirement account just for personal reasons. So, I mean, it's all going to be based on individual, but the point is bucket three is always going to be your high risk bucket. So, to, so, so, so to sum that up, you've got bucket one, which is no risk bucket two. We'll define well, let's get to, well, hold on, hold on. Okay. Yeah. To, to use your, to use the method you're approaching it. Bucket one is no risk. Bucket three is the most amount of risk you're willing to take. Correct. Up to that individual, right? Up to that individual. Okay. So then bucket two. So yeah, we go bucket two is, is the middle bucket. And so that's why I, I, I bring it up last is because now it's easier to explain that it's the middle bucket. It's in between one and three, and it's also different for everybody. But bucket two is your sleep well at night bucket. It should be very well diversified in my opinion, and it should serve as a kind of safety valve between one and three. So Two is, like I said, well diversified, but it's something that should earn you more return than bucket one. So we want to own, instead of having cash, we want to own assets uh, to keep up our purchasing power, right? We want to own things that are going to uh, increase over time, hopefully, but they're not going to be volatile and risky like bucket three kind of the way I think about it. And no, then like bucket, into... bucket two absolutely needs to be not. Now here's the thing. Not everyone may need a bucket two. Most, I would say 95% of the people do need it though. 
Okay, and we can get into why or why not, but bucket two is that buffer portfolio between the most aggressive investments you make um, and the cash portfolio, bucket one. And so that buffer is there so that if we go through another coronavirus or something happens, it's your, like you said, it's a sleep well at night portfolio. It's not looking to make a lot of money, it's, you know, it, but it should make a, a, good, a good chunk more than inflation over time. So if inflation is say 2% a year, you know, five, four percent return on bucket two is is a good. It's a good, reasonable return. It should have a good spread on inflation, so you can keep your purchasing power. But like you said, needs to be very, very, very diversified. And I cannot stress that enough. I think one of the things that most people lack is, you know, the the notion that we all kind of joke around with. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. But we tend to put all our eggs in one basket. Um, a lot, most of us have most of our money in our homes, for example, or our own businesses, or maybe just in the stock market, but we don't have enough bonds or commodities or real estate to balance that out. And so I think bucket two needs to very clearly be that safety net where it's invested, it's going to fluctuate, right? But it's very diversified. Yeah. And so I think, I think an example is, you know, appropriate. So let's say we've already bucket one's easy. Uh, I'm going to put 12 months living expenses there. It's going to be all cash. Bucket three, let's say I'm young and aggressive. I want, uh, I'm retiring a long way down the road. I'm going to go hundred percent stocks in bucket three. Um, bucket two, I'm going to get really, really diversified. I'm going to own a lot of bonds. I'm going to own a lot of, uh, different stocks in bucket two, right? And so that's what we tell people to do, right? And so as an example of real life, what happened is during the COVID crisis, right? In March, how did these buckets perform? Bucket one didn't, was fine. You never lost money in cash. You know, it kept on, uh, you know, remaining the same. It didn't go below the amount uh, you had in your account. What happened to three? I mean, three got hammered, right? I mean, what was the big, what was the drawdown? In like 35, March? 35, 35% drawdown. And guess what? In real life, when the stock market is down 35%, uh, people are scared in real life. I mean, I was scared. I know you were scared. I mean, it's panic. I mean, we weren't, people are scared of losing their job. People are scared that, the stock market's never going to come back. Maybe this time is different. Maybe the world really is ending. The pandemic's going to wipe us out. And so there's a lot of fear. And you maybe you're not sleeping well at night because you've lost your job or you're worried about losing your job. And now your retirement account is down 35%. Bucket three is down 35%. Well, bucket two, what did bucket two during, do during that time? It was down, but how much? Five, seven percent. Five percent. So... If I'm a guy that's done this properly, I feel pretty good because, okay, I got one. Okay, I do lose my job. I've got a year of living expenses. But let's say worst case scenario, that's not enough or some unforeseen problem occurs. Well, my bucket two is only down 5%. 5%. And there's probably some assets in there like bonds and stuff that are actually up and doing well. So God forbid, if I need to dip into more money, I can go to two next, which aren't retirement accounts. I'm not getting penalized and I can use that money. 
So I'll never have to go to bucket three because. And I think that's the point. The point is any money that goes into bucket three needs to be designated as everyone needs to assign a probability of their own, you know, with the help maybe of a financial advisor or fiduciary, but they need to assign a probability of, am I going to use that money in the near future account in accounting for these unforeseen things that happen like coronavirus or you know, the elections not being handled correctly and things not working out the way the country's used to or whatever. And trust me, you know, there times are always uncertain. When people say these uncertain times, they're always uncertain, right? So if you plan accordingly for those uncertain times, bucket three needs to be designated as the amount of money that I'm willing and have a high confidence that I'm not going to touch that for at least, I would say, 15 years at the very least. Right. And so the worst possible outcome is when the stock market's down 35%, you lose your job, and now you got to go sell your bucket three all-stock portfolio at a loss. And this happens way more than you think. I mean, people get into situations where they're overextended, and guess what? they got to sell bucket three money. And that is the worst possible outcome for your long-term success because we know that the stock market's going to do this. This is not unpredictable. We know that on average, about every 10 years, the world just blows up. Uh, Whether that's literally like 9-11, whether that's 08 financial crisis, whether that's 2020. I mean, every 10 years, something happens, but it's unpredictable. The something is unpredictable, but something happening... I mean, we can look to history and know that something is probably going to happen. Okay, so let's recap these three buckets then again. Bucket one, again, cash, emergency savings, you know? So we're going to use that guy with a million bucks again. We're going to put $150,000 in his bucket one because he makes $150,000 and he spends about $150,000 a year. Bucket two is going to be his house, we decided, that goes in there, $300,000. And so he's down to $550,000. And let's just say this guy is pretty risk averse, meaning he doesn't like to see his account drop, you know, 15, 20% at any point in time. So if that's the case, if you're risk averse and, you know, you you, you cannot tolerate big swings in, in your uh, monthly bank statements that you get from your brokerage firm or your financial advisor, then the bulk of the rest of the 550 should be in bucket two. So you should put probably, I would say, anywhere from 60 to 80% of that leftover money in bucket two. So let's just say that we put um, another, you know, let's just say we put $400,000, uh, $450,000 out of the 550 that's left in bucket two. And then look, that person's going to be able to sleep well at night. It's going to be super diversified. It's during coronavirus this year, as Cole said, that bucket should not be down more than say five, 7% if it's well diversified and well managed. And over time should make that investor a spread of about two to 3% over inflation. So right now, if inflation's zero, expect to make maybe three or 4% returns. If inflation's three, then you know expect to make 7% returns. But overall, it'll keep its purchasing power and it's very diversified. And yes, it'll fluctuate, but it's going to be, it's not going to be something that people need to be worried about. Um, and then he's going to have $100,000 left over. And that $100,000 is going to have to be then his bucket three. 
Now we'll make a caveat here because you did bring up retirement accounts. Most people start when they start their jobs, start saving immediately into a 401k or an IRA. So they've already kind of started to build their, their bucket threes. And so like you said, Cole, I think people need to start looking at this backwards. If you already have a chunk of money that's say more than 10% of your total amount in bucket three, because you've already contributed to an IRA or a 401k or whatnot, and you are, in a, you are a risk averse person, do not, add any, do not add any more money into your bucket three outside of those retirement accounts. Keep adding to your 401k, keep adding to your IRA, keep adding to all those tax deferred vehicles. But if you are risk averse, be sure that you don't own anything else in the stock market or in a real estate deal or in a private equity deal or in a venture capital deal um, outside of those retirement vehicles. Everything else should be bucket two if you're risk averse. If you're not risk averse, if you're someone that likes to take risk and can tolerate risk, then that's a different story. But I'm specifically talking to the listeners that are risk averse. That's how they should think about it, right? Because a lot of people will start building their portfolios through their portfolio three before their portfolio two because of these retirement vehicles were offered. Right. Yeah. And the point I always try to make with clients is. Bucket three is like we mentioned where you're going to have, like that is the key to your retirement. That is the key to your financial freedom someday, hopefully. And we want to give three the best opportunity to succeed. And the way we do that for most people is making sure one and two are right. If bucket one and two are not right, it's going to affect three, whether that is you having to pull money out of it, whether that's your behavior because you're not uh, set up right. You haven't planned out your buckets right. And so if you want three to succeed and you want those risky uh, investments to succeed and let them, let them uh, run their course, you need to have one and two right. And that's the whole point of the three buckets. It's to say we, no one knows the future. No one knows what's going to happen. But if you can plan for your own risks right? Everyone's risks are different. So if you can bug it out your money in a way where you're managing your risk appetite or tolerance correctly, then you should be fine. If coronavirus hits world war three happens or whatever happens in life that throws us curveballs, and there will always be curveballs thrown at us. That's the most important thing, getting this right. And again, I'll, I'll end it with financial planning. Isn't that complicated? It should be pretty simple. It should be simplified so that most people can have a basic financial plan. In the end, what most people need to think about is how much risk they're willing to tolerate. What are their goals in terms of how much money they want to make in the future? Okay. But getting the risk part right is the most important thing in order for your goals to be achieved in the future. And these three buckets we believe are um, are a great tool to use mentally when you sit down and try to, you know, plan out how your money is going to be allocated to what investments and to what type of, um, projects or, or whatnot that you're, you're doing. So with that, I think we'll just say goodbye to our first episode and maybe we rambled a bit. Maybe we didn't hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, adios.